Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We have a lot to talk about. As you probably noticed, there was an episode last week. Uh, we were dealing with some technical difficulties, but we believe we have that all straightened out. So we are good to go this week, and we have a lot to talk about, including a great interview with the Nashville Super Speedway president, Matt Grecky. But before we get into that, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And please continue to listen and rate and follow and subscribe and all that. Be sure to subscribe to the Sports Financial Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Once you subscribe, you don't have to go searching for the podcast or go looking through, looking for it. It'll just pop up on your feed every time there's a new episode every single week. And please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as signing up for our free weekly email, uh, which will get, send go right to your inbox every week at noon on Friday, and we'll give you all the top stories from this past from the past week. Uh, and you'll get first in emails. You'll get our our monthly calendar email. You'll get breaking news email. So. You follow us and you sign up for our email listing and you'll get everything. So please be sure to follow us on all social media platforms because we will have you covered for everything and anything Nashville sports related. So there's a lot, like I said, a lot to get into. Let's hit the first one. We want, The first thing that I want to hit first is Vanderbilt baseball. Last week I was planning or I did talk about it before I discovered the technical difficulties. I, I was talking about how amazing they looked and their fantastic performances in the uh, SEC tournament, uh, ultimately winning the tournament. It had that quick turnaround uh, against Arkansas, taking two out of three, including a comeback from behind win on the on the Friday night against Arkansas. And they played brilliantly in the SEC tournament, taking down Florida, exciting fashion, and ultimately taking down uh, Texas A&M in the final. So I thought they were going to be the best team to go after. I thought they were going to be the team to beat in the regionals and super regionals. But sadly, they just kind of fell flat on their face. Just I, I was really surprised. I didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot of the games, but I was extremely surprised at how the uh, regionals g- games ended for Vanderbilt baseball. They didn't have an extremely difficult route to get there. I mean, they took down... Eastern Illinois on Friday the 2nd, uh, 12-2, real easily. Then they lost a nail-biter to number 24 Oregon, 8-7, to and they had a uh, winner-moves-on game against uh, Xavier, and they went on to lose that 2-1. to Really surprised. Xavier is a good team. Uh, they took out uh, Eastern Illinois 6-0. They, they lost to Oregon in the first game of the, uh, the uh, regionals tournament, 5-4. to but I really thought that Vanderbilt would have been able to pick up some more offense than that, especially at the Hawk coming off an, an amazing tournament, amazing SEC tournament. So really, really shocked. And I think the biggest question after this, is this Vanderbilt season a failure? And it's really hard to say because they won the SEC tournament, which is a huge success after having a nasty losing streak right before the end of the season. But then they get handed a regional home series. Uh, they get handed a, a couple teams w- who are good, but not anything that you'd think Vanderbilt couldn't handle. And they fall flat in their face, getting uh, knocked out against Xavier 
it's very, very strange end to the season. I bet uh, for Coach Tim Corbin and a lot of the players, it just kind of feels odd because they had this momentum and they were playing probably the ba- best baseball they had all season uh, going into the regional tournament, and they just didn't capitalize. They weren't able to win the games they really should have won. Um, you know, it, the very close games. They lost both games by one run. But sadly, in that final game against Xavier, um, could only score one run, which is, I mean, I, I hate to put down Xavier, but it's kind of unacceptable. It's You got to score more than that. But I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time diving into the games and diving into what went wrong, what didn't work, what they should have done. Uh, just really surprised at how the season ended. Um, uh, it's going to be really interesting re- Super Regionals now with a lot of teams and a lot of upsets that have occurred in the local regionals going to be a very interesting and unique college world series coming up later this month. So that one stinks for Vanderbilt. Also, this happened two weekends ago. Once again, I'm sorry for the podcast last week, but um, Nashville native Joseph Newgarden winning the Indy 500 in extremely exciting fashion. Indy 500 is always one of the best races if not the best race every single year and not 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 just an indie car but all of motorsports and it came down to the wire like always those last like 20 laps were unbelievable just these crazy wrecks flips uh red flags stopping the race and having to start up again with those crazy speeds and everyone fighting coming guys coming from 15th trying to fight for a top five spot uh i think joseph newgarden started 17th and just took over uh, the lead within, I think, with a quarter of a lap left or half a lap left in the, the race to overtake Marcus Erickson, who won Indy 500 last year, and he also won the inaugural Big Machine Music City Grand Prix two years ago. It's just kind of wild to see a Nashville guy holding up that historic Indy 500 trophy. Not that he didn't deserve I me. Mean, he, he deserved it more than anyone up there. He's had such an amazing career in IndyCar. Uh, winning two NTT IndyCar Series championships. So many wins, both on ovals and road courses and street courses. He's had such a decorated IndyCar career, but he hasn't had that that crown jewel of IndyCar, arguably the crown jewel of uh, motorsports, which is the Indy 500. And now he has it, and he did it in such an amazing fashion. And it's going to be the hype. Uh, going into jo- Joseph Newgarden's uh, race here in Nashville in just about a month for the uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix is going to be huge. And it's, uh, it's the, the media frenzy is going to be insane. And uh, if fans are looking for someone to support in IndyCar and they want to get involved in IndyCar, they want to be part of the uh, one they want to attend and be part of the Music City Grand Prix. Well, you got a local boy right there and Joseph Newgarden who's coming off uh, an um, unbelievable win at the Interna- uh, Indianapolis uh, International Speedway. So crazy weekend. Uh, Nashville SC playing out of their minds uh, with a huge 3-1 win over Columbus. Going down 1-0 in the first, I think, two minutes, first minute. And then coming back to take a 3-1 win with goals from... Uh, Fafa Pico and uh, Teal Bunbury with who else but Hani Mukhtar with the cherry on top with a brilliant goal in stoppage time towards the end of the game. Solo just just embarrassing the defenses and their families. It's just unbelievable what he's been able to do. And then uh, this past week in Nashville was in Dallas 
picking up a uh, another solid win, 2-1, with Hani Mutar scoring the game-winning goal in the 77th minute. I mean, he is he is by far the best player in MLS right now, and it's hard to argue that there's anyone that is better than him and, and more impactful than him with his goal contributions. If what he's if you look at the the numbers of where he's passing and when he's passing and the ball control and the movements and the shots on goal when the ball's at his feet, when he's taking control of the game. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. This week in Nashville, SC, has got a uh, another big game in Toronto. We'll see how that turns out. Toronto, obviously not playing their best soccer at the moment, but they're definitely far from a bad team. I think a lot needs to happen. They're suffering from injuries. Um, but this, once again, another opportunity for Nashville just to continue to pound on the Eastern Conference here in the MLS. And then obviously, today, Wednesday, June 7th, the huge world-shattering news has finally happened. Lionel Messi is coming to MLS. He's going to be playing for Inter-Miami, David Beckham, and ticket prices for Inter-Miami games have jumped uh, four times what they were before. Unbelievable. I mean, tickets for Miami versus Atlanta in Atlanta were like 90 bucks. Uh, last time I checked, they were close to $400. It, it, absolutely wild. But what can you expect from the greatest player in the world and the greatest player of all time? And now that guy is going to be playing <laughs> in Cincinnati. He's playing in Miami, but you know, he's, you think about players like Messi and Ronaldo and even David Beckham and these, you know, giants of the sport playing in some of the most legendary historic and culture beautiful cities of the world barcelona madrid berlin rome milan london just cities with thousands of years of history and hundreds of years of culture that we've built up in at least a century of soccer history for a lot of these clubs and a lot of these cities and now they're going to be playing. He's going to be in Miami, a new team, uh, beautiful cities. His family's going to fit well there. There'll be tons of Spanish-speaking schools. And I think that was a big reason why he picked Miami, is that it's closer to Argentina. Um, it's a new league, new kind of growing league that's going to be a new challenge for him. And it's an opportunity for him to be with his family more and not, bounce them back between Barcelona and Paris and and then Argentina. And then if he accepted the uh, Saudi Arabian deal, it, that would be a mess. And not that he wouldn't have the money to travel. Obviously he would, but I just don't, obviously he didn't want to do that. He, he, he said he only already has a uh, property in Miami. I bet there's tons of top tier Spanish speaking schools that his kids will be able to go into and blend in well and, there's direct flights from Miami right to Buenos Aires. So um, it, it seems like this is going to be a perfect fit. It's just going to be funny to think of Lionel Messi, you know, just a few months ago hoisting up that World Cup trophy and then he'll be playing uh, against uh, Kansas City. You know, no, not longer Real Madrid or Beneficia or, you know, Porto, Inter, Inter Milan. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, sporting Kansas City. Real Salt Lake, the Columbus crew. It's just it's just gonna be really funny to see him play. And I know people are gonna get upset. I'm taking shots of these cities, but you know it's it's different. You know you think of these cities. You know I think of Cincinnati as you know a hardworking, 
Ohio City with a great baseball history. When I think of them as soccer, when you put them in the great grand sphere of the soccer world, um, it's just funny to think about the greatest player of all time who played at some of the most prestigious clubs, uh, played at two of the most prestigious clubs of all time and won a World Cup with arguably the greatest World Cup nation of all time, now playing against, you know, Major League Soccer teams that are good and they have great fan bases. Columbus got a great fan base uh, since he's getting there. And uh, <laughs> but it's, it's just funny how he, he went from playing teams in Paris and Rome and Madrid and all the teams in London and throughout Spain with a a century of history to playing teams with like 20 years of history and that the city hasn't fully accepted the, the sport yet. It's just, it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be good for the sport. I think people are not going to want to tune in and watch Messi play. And hopefully when they tune in, they'll stay tuned in and it'll get people interested in MLS and say, why did he choose Miami and major league soccer over $1.6 billion dollars? In Saudi Arabia, that was the final offer. Was three years, one point six billion dollars, and he turned that down. Also, obviously, there were the rumors about him going back to Barcelona, which they were very real, but it just didn't work out because the money situation in Barcelona and La Liga are an absolute disaster, an absolute embarrassment. It's just it's embarrassing to be to watch as a Barcelona fan, but um, you, you'd think maybe he would have stuck it out with Barcelona and tried to fix something, but. I just think that it just ended so poorly. Um, it just didn't want. I, I just it just didn't work out. So he turned down one point six billion dollars, and uh, possibly a return to Barcelona to go to Miami. And I think that's going to be a huge storyline of why he chose MLS. And he's even mentioned I remember there was a big interview before the World Cup. They talked about him possibly going to MLS, him possibly going back to Argentina to play in uh, the, the Argentine league, and then. Obviously, the Saudi Arabia stuff, because Ronaldo went there, and it looks like Benzema is going to play in Saudi Arabia because they're throwing up scenes amount of money at these superstars. So, But he, he showed interest in playing in MLS. It's a, gro- it's a growing league. It's an exciting league. It's a very competitive league, even with the money gaps with some of the top teams. When you look at NYCFC and then the L.A. clubs, and, and then you look at, you know, Nashville's got the money. They may not be spending it. And then you look at some of the other clubs that, kind of struggle financially there is we 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 have seen in recent years uh, how competitive this league can be with and without money but obviously money is a big difference like in all sports but all american sports and all soccer leagues throughout the world there's money talks and the other thing walks so it's gonna be really interesting to see how fan growth comes from this Messi's going to be obviously a superstar. Tickets are going to be sold out anywhere and everywhere. He's going to be in the building. Even if he he could come to the MLS and be injured for two years, and every game would be pretty much sold out just to get a glimpse of him on the bench. So I'm excited to see him in MLS. I am, as an Argentina fan and a Messi, you know, obsessor, it, it just makes me so happy to see Messi in American soccer. And it's going to be fun to see how this plays out. And it's a shame that Miami already came to Nashville 
because all these Nashville fans are like, of course, Miami, we just played Miami two weeks ago, and now they're Messi's joining Miami. Why couldn't that happen a month ago or something? So it, it's a uh, there's a lot happening. It's been these crazy couple weeks. Uh, before we get into this interview with Nashville Super Speedway President Matt Grecki, there's one last thing we got to talk about: the Preds news, man. Preds finally firing. John Hines, after what seemed like a lot of speculation for quite a number of months, almost a year, really. And then uh, hiring former Predator, former NHL uh, uh, player, Andrew Burnett. Um, he scored the first goal ever in uh, Predator's franchise history. You probably have heard that stat a thousand times already. But yeah, it's, it's a new era. This really is a new era. Uh, new GM and Barry Trotz. We got a new head coach now. Obviously, the news just from this week is uh, the Atlanta Gladiators are going to be the Predators ECHL uh, affiliate now. And once again, the Predators are just spreading their web of Predators and hockey control throughout all of the South. Uh, they've already reached up into Kentucky. They've already reached out into East Tennessee and West Tennessee and Clarksville uh, building the F and M uh, Bank Arena, the hockey ice centers throughout Middle Tennessee, getting kids involved in hockey and getting into the Preds at super at a super young age, and now the connection right there with Atlanta. Uh, I know there's all the argument of uh, well, should Atlanta get another NHL team? Will they get another NHL team? But I don't know. We'll see. But as of right now, Atlanta uh, minor league hockey team is now the affiliate of the National Predators. Wild time, and we'll d- dive deeper into this, uh, especially when the NH- uh, NHL draft gets closer. Uh, we'll probably have a guest on to talk about the Preds going into this new era and what the team, you know, how they played out at the end of this past season and what the future kind of holds for the team, both on and off the ice. So, but without further ado, let's just jump right into this interview with Matt. Hope you guys enjoyed it. M- make sure that you're paying attention to NASCAR season, and once again, it's another fantastic NASCAR season with. A lot of drama, a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of Nashville guys. You have the, the Trackhouse guys, which are uh, Trackhouse Entertainment, which is based here in Nashville, and Trackhouse Racing, which is also sort of based here in Nashville. And they got two great drivers in Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. They're, they've been such a fun team to watch and two fun drivers to watch. Uh, Ross Chastain really pushing the envelope, being one of the you know feistiest, toughest drivers, n- not scared to dump into a fight both on the racetrack and on pit road. Um, so that's been really fun to watch. Obviously the big machine team really trying to find their spot in the Xfinity series. Uh, you got Josh Berry, Hendersonville native kicking butt in Xfinity. And it looks like he's about to sign a contract to uh, go up to the cup series. So there's a lot going on and uh, LA 400, the full weekend of NASCAR is coming this month. We're just, like two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from NASCAR back in Nashville. So it's, it's really exciting to have a NASCAR back in Nashville. It's going to be super, super hot. So all of you who are going out, make sure you stay hydrated. And uh, Matt Grecki talks a little bit about that and the fan amenities and what to expect from this year at the Nashville Super Speedway for his third year of a full weekend of music and obviously fantastic racing. So without further ado... Here's my interview with Matt. And now I would like to welcome to the podcast uh, Matt Grecki, uh, the president of the Nashville Super Speedway. 
Matt, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Stephen, thanks for having me. Uh, we are doing great here at National Super Speedway. We're uh, delighted to be uh, just over three weeks out from our NASCAR event weekend, uh, which will kick off June 23 and run through June 25. It'll be our third annual. Uh, welcome back the three NASCAR Premier Series, and uh, we couldn't be more delighted. So, Matt, for people who are not familiar with you and your background, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got involved with motorsports, and how you got involved with Speedway, and uh, finally here in Nashville. Yeah, so I'm a, a Connecticut native, uh, which maybe in the surface isn't too much of a motorsports or uh, NASCAR standpoint, but I grew up around the sport. Uh, my dad was in uh, the competition side of things and owned and operated some some race teams up in the Northeast. And I spent my childhood years uh, going to the short tracks and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It was great, uh, great memories growing up um, through my childhood years and seeing what my dad was uh, working with drivers and crew guys that, you know, going down to the Charlotte area and to the NASCAR hub. Um, I enjoyed the sport, um, but I went to school at Wingate University, small private school east of Charlotte, um, sport management degree from there and had every intention of getting into sports more on the stick and ball side of things. But I had the great opportunity um, with Speedway Motorsports and Charlotte Motor Speedway to get an internship at Charlotte Motor Speedway um, in between my sophomore and junior year of college. Got in there, um, more I was looking for, you know, uh, some experience and just kind of to do things in the summer. Didn't think that would be more of a long term, but came back for a second time of an internship for credit and, uh, you know, was hired full time shortly thereafter. And, uh, you know, that was in back in 2006 and have great, uh, great career at Charlotte Motor Speedway with Speedway Motorsports. And, when we had uh, the opportunity to acquire uh, Nashville Super Speedway, Marcus Smith, uh, our CEO, um, offered me the opportunity to come join the team over here and help run some events and operations and uh, move my family to Middle Tennessee and, and couldn't be more happy about it. So when what was that process looking like when uh, Speedway was looking to acquire Dover and Nashville uh, Super Speedway? Did you, were you on that? in the discussions in regards of joining the Nashville super speedway uh, staff or were, were you just more part of the big picture discussions? I was more probably in the, the aftermath of it. Um, you know, we are uh speedway motorsports is a growth oriented business and always looking to grow and take on new challenges and, and grow our um, venue portfolio, event portfolio and, and all that. So I was uh, in, you know, Dover at the time was publicly traded. So um, things needed to be kept under the wrap. So no, the opportunity for me that was presented was, was after the acquisition and after it closed. Um, but I knew, you know, looking, looking for the next steps in my career, uh, it was a great opportunity to get here to a new venue, new market um, with, with new grand opportunities for us um, in the immediate, but also in the, the longer future. How familiar were you with Nashville's NASCAR history and uh, taking on this job with Eric Moses at first and then t replacing Eric as the president and GM? Yeah, so, you know, Eric and the team did a great job launching the facility back in 2021 from its dormant place um, and getting NASCAR Cup Series here back into Middle Tennessee and did a great job of that. And, uh, you know, joined Eric's team last year and learned a lot and, you know, Nashville is deep in NASCAR history. You know, uh, a lot of race teams, race drivers, 
Um, and a lot of fans are in this market, you know, from from the great short tracks that are in this area and continue to be so uh, familiar with it. Um, I had visited Nashville, you know, several times as far as, you know, through, you know, the banquet and things like that and did, did a lot of research. And because of that, I was excited to get here in the Nashville market just with what NASCAR is. As much as Nashville is growing, uh, we see ourselves as a company growing with it and looking forward to the future. So what has this year been like so far, you taking on the role as president and GM? What does that look like from a uh, macro point of view of running this? And also on the smaller level of the day-to-day of working to get with your team to make this a bigger and more welcoming uh, venue, not just for the sport, but also for the community out there in Lebanon. Yeah, so we were always looking to grow. NASCAR weekend is you know, what we've been focused on, but we've added some really great team members here and we're looking to operate more events throughout the year. Uh, we've grown our event portfolio. Um, we probably, 2000, oh, 2021, we had about 40 event days. Uh, last year, we had about 80. We'll be over 120 event days this year. Wow. And as we continue to grow our events, we're, we're growing with the community as well. And what we want to do is be impactful back to the community um, and be very serving in what we bring on property to help the, the economy just outside of our NASCAR event. NASCAR is our uh, our big weekend, June 23 through 25 coming up, but we look forward to all the events that we can bring on our property of 700 acres. Now, do you have a favorite event coming up or that happened or that is not on the NASCAR calendar, something that you think fans would be interested in regardless if they're NASCAR fans? Yeah, we've got several uh, coming up throughout the, the rest of the year, um, a lot of them being some car shows, Import Alliance, um, Triple Crown of Rotting is a new one. It was over in the Pigeon Forge area, and it's moving over here in a, a new name, but same leadership coming over here that will be a really uh, great event coming us up for us in September. C10 Nationals is another uh, car show that we've got. And then uh, we welcome out Nashville Cars and Coffee once a month, uh, the first Saturday of every month. But we pair it with NASCAR racing experience, uh, slide factory events, um, anything we can do on property. Um, this weekend, we're, we're going to have three different events going on, on on Saturday. So we're looking to use the facility as much as possible. That's really exciting. Um, I've been a NASCAR fan for since I was in middle school, um, but it feels like after the pandemic hit, when NASCAR was the first sport back uh, during 2020, NASCAR seemed to evolve so much and it seems like it's growing with dirt track at Bristol to uh, more road courses to now the all-star race is becoming a bigger event and now they're racing in Chicago and in the introduction of Nashville, a super speedway. How have you seen NASCAR grow over the last few years and what has it been like to be part of that with the, the addition of Nashville super speedway? It's been really good. Um, you know, I've been through some ebb and flows of, you know, the industry and where things go. NASCAR has done a really good job with the new next gen car. And with that, you see on track competition improving. And I think that's helped bring the fan base back. There's a lot of good storylines coming, coming through as well, which, you know, coming up for our NASCAR weekend, we're looking forward to it. Um, you know, there's a gateway this weekend, Sonoma, and then we're next on the docket. Um, and we're, we're lucky we're going to host all three national series with uh, June 23 will be 
our Rackley Roofing 200 for the NASCAR Crash and Truck Series. Saturday, June 24th, will be our Tennessee Lottery 250 Xfinity Series race. And then uh, Sunday, we're going to go primetime this year, uh, 6 o'clock uh, local start, which will give a really good storyline to our Ally 400 Cup Series race. Yeah, I'm really excited for – it's one of my favorite things about NASCAR is that racing underneath the lights. What was that process looked like, and was it – did you guys bring it up first Did NASCAR bring it up first? And what was that process like getting race underneath the lights? Well, our, our hand was a little forced last year with, with weather that brought us to under the lights, uh, which, so this year we saw the, the great impact of, you know, racing under the lights and that. So working with NASCAR and NBC, uh, two great partners of ours, NBC will kick off their second half of the season with our race here. And, uh, you know, Middle Tennessee with the, with the temperatures that we have, a six o'clock start will be a lot more enjoyable for our fans, our industry, our partners. So it'll be really unique with our 6 p.m. race start too. It'll actually be daylight when we start, but it'll transition into the night, which will give crew chiefs and drivers some challenges and adjustments throughout the race, which we're looking forward to seeing in venue and seeing on the NBC broadcast. So I know... Right before we get into the June, the, the month of June, this is June 1st, um, it's it's really going to start to get crazy for y'all over there. Is Within the craziness and the running around, is there a favorite moment or something you really look forward to that when you look back on, you say like that was a great moment heading up into NASCAR weekend or is it the race itself? What are you most excited for? What do you enjoy the most? We're going to have a lot of entertainment on property. Um, you know, Nashville is synonymous with, with entertainment. We've got a, a, a good lineup that we're still working on. Uh, Parker McCollum is going to be our pre-race concert before the Ally 400. Uh, Old Dominion is going to be our grand marshal to give the command before uh, start the race. And then just today, um, one of the, the top uh, comedians in all of entertainment in the world, Nate Bargatze, uh, we, we, um, invited him out to be the honorary pace car driver and he is uh, willing to accept. And we announced that today and we'll be welcoming a lot of uh, industry folks and entertainers in the markets to come enjoy our NASCAR event weekend. But me personally, when I get through kind of the, the Anthem package, which um, is really synonymous with NASCAR um, doing the invocation and the national Anthem and that moment before you know, they give the command to start the engines. That's kind of my uh, takeaway that I want to take in each race. And especially on that NASCAR Cup Series, LA 400 day, take that in and then kind of look back and, and see the grandstands and it being full and that experience. And that's when I always try to take a couple seconds and at least to uh, recognize and respect. You're not the first person to say that's their favorite moment, like right before engines get started. Uh, it is. It's the you all the waiting, all the pre uh, preparation comes down to that one moment, and it's always the best. Um, to touch on what you mentioned earlier with all the amazing artists and entertainers that are going to be part of this race and have been a part of this race for the last three years, uh, NASCAR has always been an integral part of American culture and society, and we've always seen – Country artists, rock artists, artists from all different genres, actors, stars want to be part of the race. But with Nashville, it just feels like it's so much more heightened with the amount of, you know, this being Music City. Uh, what has that been like working in a market that is so connected with sports and musically uh, with athletes and artists and superstars and 
WWE wrestlers with Sheamus getting involved in everything. It feels like he's everywhere. What's that been like being in this market with where superstars are kind of everywhere and they're all connected? Well, it's a nice benefit because I think all those stars want to come out to a NASCAR event. Um, now, if they reside here and their schedules allow, they're all coming out, which is which is great because they all have the desire to come out here and enjoy a NASCAR event weekend. Um, luckily, a lot of them enjoy Nashville and live in Nashville, um, even if they're you know a, a athlete in a different sports town. They actually live here, and if they're in the off season and their schedules allow, it's a great benefit to us, and that's why we as a company are uh, super excited about what Nashville is and feel like it's a great benefit for us moving forward um, with our NASCAR future. Awesome. And for the non-NASCAR fan out there who is in Nashville and loves being part of events and new events, but they really have never gotten into NASCAR, they're not sure if they want to go to a race, how would you convince them? What's what's your pitch to the non-NASCAR fan to come out to a race weekend in a couple weeks? So what I like to say is that it's kind of for anybody, you know, if you like entertainment, you like that, but there's so much that we do uh, prior to the race start time with our fan zone. Uh, we'll have music and driver appearances and entertainment, family entertainment out there that you can come and enjoy the event. You know, you've got Park McCollum pre-race concert. You can enjoy all those things before we even go racing and feel like you got the value of the ticket. And then, you know, you get here and you enjoy all of those things and then you get exposed to NASCAR I think if you get exposed to it in person, that's your hook. Uh, so if you just get out here and see the the benefit of everything that we've got going on property, that you're going to come out here and enjoy yourselves. Awesome. And Matt, my last question before I let you go. Um, it's been a really fun NASCAR season thus far. A lot of drama, a lot of big wins, a lot of close calls. Uh, is there a specific storyline that you're interested to see come into Nashville this weekend, whether it be the track house guys and Ross Chastain kind of taking on the new intimidator role. I see a lot of people calling him that. I'm not sure if he's there yet, but it's been really fun to see him and that, that team grow. But is there a specific storyline or a certain driver you're excited to see take on the super speedway? Well, track house is doing a great job. Justin Marks, obviously they're kind of the, the hometown uh, team for us here in Nashville. Uh, everything they're doing with their, their brand and partnerships is, is phenomenal and their, their drivers are performing. Um, you know, Alex Bowman is back in the LI 48 back from an injury. So looking forward to him coming back. Um, I think as the stories develop, you're getting a lot of new race winners and, you know, Nashville can be a level playing field with our 6 PM, uh, race start time and going into the night. I'm looking forward to how those teams adjust and what gets there and, uh, looking forward to uh, presenting a Gibson guitar in victory lane. Awesome. I, it's been one of the highlights of my summers the last couple of years uh, going out to the super speedway and watching the race. I know uh, like me and like other fans, we're really excited for the night race this year. And yeah, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time joining us. I know you're super busy heading into this race month. So we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. No, we appreciate the time today too. Um, you know, one other thing I want to hit on is kind of how family friendly we are. Uh, so if you came out to a Friday or Saturday race and you've got kids that are 12 and under kids freezer, kids tickets are free. And then Sunday, our NASCAR cup series tickets are, are just $10. So it's family friendly, family affordable. And uh, if anybody's interested coming out to come out onto Nashville, superspeedway.com, look at ticket options. We've got a lot to, lot to offer. I know that's always been my experience of going to NASCAR races 
is despite, you know, anything and everything, the, the culture is so awesome around NASCAR and it's become, and it's, it's been a family friendly sport ever since I was a kid. I have never had a bad uh, experience. It's always been the absolute best. The NASCAR community is arguably the best sports community in American sports. And uh, yeah, it's always so much fun and it's a great opportunity to get kids into motorsports. And so, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm really excited. Matt, thank you once again for joining us and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the time. Once again, thank you so much to Matt uh, for taking the time to speak with us. I know it's probably been a couple crazy weeks leading up to June, and now this month is here, and it's going to be a crazy month leading up to the third annual LF 400 at the Nashville Super Speedway. So thank you to Matt and the whole Nashville Super Speedway team for taking the time to speak with me about what to expect for uh, the weekend coming up and what's new at the Super Speedway. And, yeah, it, it's really exciting. And uh, I've been a big NASCAR fan, and it's great to see NASCAR back in Middle Tennessee. And the Super Speedway has been doing a great job putting on that awesome weekend full of NASCAR. So once again, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt Grecki. Once again, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. It's going to be an exciting couple weeks here in June. We got the NHL draft. We got the uh, awards coming up. We have tons of Nashville SC going on. A lot leading up to the IndyCar uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix in August. July is going to be kind of a quiet month for, for Titans, but... There's going to be tons of going on. There's going to be a lot of shakeups with the Pred. So it's going to be a wild a couple weeks and a wild summer. Um, it's going to be lots of fun. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you continue to tune in for uh, the rest of the summer. We got some great guests lined up and we have some fun episodes and some great topics to talk about. But that's all we have for you this episode. Once again, I am Stephen Boero. Thank you for tuning in and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.